You're listening to the podcast of River of Life Christian Fellowship in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Everybody say liberty. liberty. Say it again, liberty. liberty. 19, excuse me, 1776. Uh, let me, before I get into all the details, uh, there are six graders who know more than I do about history. All right? So just bear with me. But here's a couple little facts. In July 4th, 1776, a major day in our history, we declared our independence. We declared our independence from, from a, another government, from uh, people that were uh, asserting their will upon us. And we declared our independence. That's where we get our birthday from. In 1876, uh, in France, there was a group of people called the Franco-American Union. It was a group of uh, businessmen that for uh, a for hundred years, they looked back at the American history from 1776 to 1876. They looked back at that history and said, we want that. We want, now this is in France. Now you won't find that today, you understand. But there was a group of business people in France that looked at a hundred years of American history and said, we want that liberty. We want that freedom. And so they began a fundraiser. They, 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 they gathered a lot of money together and they, they created this statue. We call it today the Statue of Liberty. It was called some other things. It's unimportant. But it's really liberty to the world, is what it was called. The whole purpose in the Statue of Liberty was not to welcome immigrants. Now, see, some of us think maybe that's what it was for because of what's written in the pedestal or the base of the Statue of Liberty. But the Statue of Liberty was created by a group of French businessmen who wanted what America had, and that's why they made it with her taking, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but she's taking a step. She's not standing there. She is in the process of a walking motion. They did that on purpose, and they, they had us face it toward the rest of the world because the Statue of Liberty was not there as a beacon to welcome people to the shores of America. Its original purpose and what it was designed for and what it was to communicate to us was please take your liberty to all the world. Good. That's what its purpose was. They wanted America to come to France and share its liberty. That was the sole purpose of the statue of... We know it today as the statue of immigration. Because of the plaque that was written in the 1886, I believe it was. There was a poem that there was a contest for a poem to be put in a plaque form inside the pedestal of the statue that the statue set on. And in that poem, it talks about give me your tired, your poor, and goes on and on and on. In fact, that's the last part. But you know what? That is contrary to what the purpose of the statue was. 
Do you understand that? It took 10 years in 1876. Now, the statue was given to America in 188, uh, excuse me, 18... Ten years before we commemorated it, no, 1876 it was given, is a hundred year anniversary. In 1886, America had a celebration to, to stand it up on the pedestal and declare it, a ceremony to open. In 1886, that began to happen. And so in that period of time, they took the statue, added things to the message of what the statue originally intended for. And to this day, we use it because come, open, see the Statue of Liberty says come, all you, because of what's written in the base of the statue. But guess what? That wasn't the purpose of the statue. The statue wasn't to get people to come in. It was to get us to go out and share what we had. Man, I tell you what, when I started seeing that, I, started, I said, well, there's a message in that. Because the, the world's talking about it right now. I don't know if you heard the news or anything, but this, this information just coming over the news left and right right now because some things, so, some of the immigration issues and things that our, that our nation is going through. And I'm not saying we're not supposed to have open arms, but the original purpose of the statue was not to greet, light the way to gates to America to come and have a free life. The original purpose of the statue by the creators was to get America to take what they had and share it with the rest of the world. That's powerful. That's powerful. Turn to the book of Galatians. See, Paul had this problem. Galatians chapter 1. We're going to stay in the book of Galatians. We're going to quote some other scriptures. But in the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Now, the book of Galatians is broken down basically in two parts in its simplest form. Uh, but the first part here in Galatians chapter 1, it says here in verse 3 Grace to you and peace. From God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from whom called you into the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And so what Paul is dealing with here is that he had the gospel of Jesus Christ. He had a message. And as he went out and spread the message of the gospel, people were coming in behind him. They were called Judaizers. They were avoiding Paul because Paul had a very strong ministry. And they were avoiding Paul, but coming in behind him and adding things to his message that distorted the purpose of the original. Just like our Statue of Liberty, the original purpose was for us to go out into the world. 
and share liberty into all the world. People came behind and added something to it that wasn't part of the original and changed the focus. They were trying to change the focus of the original gospel that Paul began to press out by adding to it. That's why it says here, Paul was sharing a gospel, that they, they knew of a gospel, but yet people were coming behind them and making adding the law back. See, Paul was setting them free with the gospel. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says this, I have come to preach the gospel, to open, you know it, say it with me, blind eyes, to set at liberty. Oh, come on, let's read it. Turn with me in the book of Matthew. Keep your finger in Galatians. Turn with the book of Matthew. Christopher, I forgot to write that down. Find that for me, please. Book of Matthew. I'm going to go ahead while they, find that, while they find that verse. But here it says that, I marvel that you are turning away so soon. See, there is a message that you... When you hear a message, what is the purpose of the message? The message that Paul was declaring was liberty. See, the Gentiles were not Jews. The, the people at Galatia were not Jews. They were not entrenched in Jewish culture, Jewish history. Circumcision, the things of the law all these different aspects. They, Paul came in with a pure message of liberty in Christ Jesus, being set free. See, the Jewish people were under the old covenant. They had to do things to be righteous. They had to be circumcised to be righteous. If you weren't circumcised, you weren't righteous. Everything the Jewish culture was about was what you did on the outside to bring you in right relationship with God. That was the way the old covenant worked. You had to perform on the outside. You had to do things to show that you were right with God. Now see, that's just like most church. Most churchdom in America is that you have to do certain things. You have to go to church. You have to do this. You have to do this. And if you don't do this and don't do that and don't do that, you're not right with God. Well, what you do doesn't make you right with God unless you're under the old covenant. What Jesus has done at Calvary, the gospel of Jesus Christ declares that He has made you right with God. There is nothing that you can do to make you more right with God than what Jesus has already done. And it is the understanding of that gospel, that truth, that will keep us free from the law of sin and death. That is the understanding in the life that we live it is the, it's having faith in that, that right. See, now we do the, th you may be doing the same things you've always done, but now you're doing them because you want to. I know people that have given all their life because they felt they had to. And they, they, they did just enough, according to the law. And all of a sudden they get revelation that they, they can give because they want to. They're not giving to get God to do something for them. They're doing it because God's already done it. 
That is the gospel. What's that scripture, Christopher? Luke 4.18. Luke 4.18, excuse me. Luke 4. Luke 4.18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What's He preaching? The good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim what? Liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those that are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. There's two things I want you to see in here. First of all, he is declaring liberty. Not only does the gospel declare liberty, but down further in the verse it says, and to set at liberty. Not only does it declare it, but it provides a way for it. It's one thing to say you're free. It's another way to give you an access to live in it. And that is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the very gospel that Jesus came to preach to all the world, is a gospel that will set you free. Just, it just won't tell you about liberty, but it'll give you the way to live it. Liberty is something we are to live in, something we are to breathe in. Worship is not something you have to do. Worship is something that you'd want to do. Yeah. Seeking first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness is something that Jesus told us. He said, seek ye first. Our first priority in life, our first passion. It wasn't a command saying, do it or else. He was saying that your first passion should be. See, you can't seek without passion. You know, the, the very word seek means to look with passion. You can't seek by going, no. Seeking invokes passion. It invokes heart. It invokes effort on your part. It invokes, you know, you, oh, because you want to. You're seeking for something that you know is there. It says seek first. The first priority in our Christian life should be the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is I mean, the very kingdom of heaven on this earth. The, the, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. As it is there, it can be here. And the only way we're going to find it is with passion. See, when you're under the law, you really don't have a lot of passion because you're doing it because you have to. Look what it says back here in the book of Galatians again. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See, there is actually what I, we would call witchcraft in the church. And the very when I say churchdom, I'm talking about the Americanized 
churchdom. Paul is saying right here, within this church at Galatia, there was witchcraft. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I don't know how you can get away from it, but that's what it's talking about. There was a swaying of words. There was a manipulation of people to get people to, that had understood the love and the freedom and the liberty in Christ, which is what Paul was sharing, to get them to turn from that and get them to go back under the law or back into the law that they were never really in. And it was a type of manipulation and witchcraft going on to get people to do that. And see, in the church, there's a message. Anytime you hear a message, it says, well, Jesus did it, but now I got to... No, don't add anything. Don't take the plaque that churchdom says and add it to the base of your Statue of Liberty. Don't take the doctrines of men and add it to the main message of the gospel. Focus on the main message of the gospel. A lot of us have plaques in bronze in the base of our doctrine. We have forgotten the original purpose. We are focused on the plaque engraved in stone in the base. The original purpose of the gospel was to set us free from the works of the world, from the law of sin and death, from the bondages of religion. The original purpose of the gospel was to get people to see that they can have a relationship with Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth, personally, one-on-one, -on -one, that they didn't have to perform to get it. You don't have to jump through the loops. The Scripture says, approach the throne of grace boldly in the time of need. You don't have to do so many of this, so many of that. Do Light this candle. Uh, go jump through these hoops just to, before you can approach the throne of grace. I've heard for years and years and years that, oh, I, I, I won't even go there. That's going to hurt too many of you. <sighs> Who said chicken? Someone said chicken? You know, okay. You know, because of the old covenant stories, because of the old covenant stories, you hear about oh, Uzzah. You know Brother Uzzah? You know who Brother Uzzah was? Uzzah was the good-hearted person that was serving the temple, serving the, the, the priesthood. And the Ark of the Covenant was tipping is about ready to fall over. And old buddy Uzzah reaches out to grab it, keep it from falling. And God smites him down dead because he touched the Ark of the Covenant and he had sin in his life. He was serving the temple, but he broke the law. Smite! It's called stories like that permeate the church. See, we add those stories. See, here's the new covenant saying, go ye into all the world. See, I can just see, see, we've got our Statue of Liberties, the cross. I like calling the Statue of Liberty, uh, our Christian, more like the grave. Because the stone that the law was written on was rolled out of the... I don't know if you got that. The stone that was trying to hold life 
back. The very stone that you got stoned with, the very stone that the laws were written on, all the negative things of the stones was rolled out of the... So life could come, so liberty could come forth. The more law you live under, the less liberty you project. Now, we're not talking about laws of the land. Don't, you go driving down the road, you bust the law, you're going to get a ticket. There's consequences for breaking. See, we're not talking about unconditional living. We're talking about unconditional love, unconditional relationship. Don't let churchdom, don't let Judaizers, don't let other people's opinions cloud, add to, or take away from the liberty in which Christ has made you free. That's why it says in Galatians, <laughs> in Galatians, the whole message here is all about liberty. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and, not, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, they were trying to put the yoke of bondage back on people, putting them back under the law. Paul was there sharing the gospel to set them free. People were coming behind them to put them back into bondage or maybe into bondage for the first time. Stand therefore, stand therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I, excuse me, indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. Look down at verse 7. You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? See, what happened was they were running well. They were running the race that was set before them. They were doing what the gospel said to do. They were living the freedom and the life. And all of a sudden, they began to entertain things and got a message that wasn't supporting the original purpose of the gospel. It talks in the book of Galatians about people that could teach. And they taught things that were not in line with the original purpose. And it brought people back under condemnation and guilt. When I was listening and reading some of the stuff about the Statue of Liberty, just, 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 just her, I'd never seen it before, but you can see it in her gown. You can see her knee going like this. She's stepping out of America, going into all the world. See, the message was never for us to... See, apply it personally for a second. Now, get your mindset off of America and our mission as Americans and, and, and the, Fran the French and all this kind of the statue. But see, when we try to bring everything into us, we miss the message of what the Great Commission is. It's to take everything in us out. See, we become the center of our universe as soon as we become, we start to hoard. As soon as churches begin to hoard their people. You know, I, I know churches that have put people under bondage for leaving. 
Oh, they left the covering. God's blessings are not going to be on them because they left the covering. <laughs> Jesus is my covering, people. And Jesus is your covering. I understand spiritual authority, but it's not based on the congregation you go to. It's based on Jesus Christ. Amen? But people have been put into boxes that have kept them in. We have, the church has taught messages to people. All the messages most people hear is about how they can have self-improvement in their own life. Christianity is not about self-improvement. It's not a self-improvement program. Christianity is about you bringing your life into what God's doing, not God coming into your life and adjusting, having Him adjust to what you're doing. Most of us are asking God to help us in our life and the mistakes we've made. If we would have been involved in what He's doing, we wouldn't have made those mistakes. Abraham, the father of our faith. You want Bible for that? Abraham, the father of our faith, had a word from God that in his barrenness, in his lack of ability to give, to produce seed, that he was going to be the father of many nations. His, his, his children, grandchildren were going to be, his heirs were going to be as the sands of the sea. And so even though he was given a word of the Lord, there's his purpose, there's his call, that's God's plan for him, his life, he believed it. He just didn't understand how it was going to be done. So in his wisdom, he took it personal and tried to make it happen. His first son was called Ishmael. It was a mistake. In the book of Galatians, it talks about this very issue. It talks about Abraham and having a, a son from a bondwoman, someone born under the law. Ishmael was not the way God intended it for be. Then he had Isaac, the promised, from the promise. And that's where everything else comes from. See, even to this day, Ishmael, that problem that he produced because of his self-centeredness is affecting the world today. See, if we just get involved with what God's doing and trust and believe, in what God's doing, we will avert it. Listen, in your own personal lives, lean not to your own understanding, but trust in the Lord. I know that's easier said than done, but that's where faith comes in. That's where you've got to stand up and believe the gospel. What is the gospel? Don't add to it. If you add to it, you're going to pervert it, and pretty soon, 10 years later, see, see 10 years in 1876 to 1886, the message of the Statue of Liberty was perverted because they added to it. The Statue of Liberty is not the Statue of Immigration. It is a declaration of liberty that the creators wanted that message to go into all the world. It was a seed of a group of people in France that wanted the liberty that we had to come there. See, the gospel, matter of fact, 
What's really cool about this is the word freedom. Stand fast in the freedom in which Christ has made you free. Here's a little bit of information about the word freedom. See, it doesn't mean you just go out and do what you want to do. See, in the Greek, the Galatians were Greeks. In their history, in their culture, when, when somebody was a slave, the only way that they could be, well, they were always a slave. <laughs> if you were a slave, you were always a slave. But there was a different in types of slave. They had gods, uh, little g. Everybody understand little g? Greeks worshipped a lot of gods. And in their culture, uh, gods would want slaves. All right? The only way for that to happen is if someone that owned a slave would pay the price. Since the gods didn't have currency, and they couldn't buy back the slave, the person that owned the slave would pay the price for the slave and dedicate that slave to the gods. And that was done in the temple of that god. And so the person that had the money would pay the price to free the slave, but it really didn't free him. It became a slave to that god now. Okay? And what that meant, and they actually worked, wrote the word in the declaration, freedom. That that slave was now free from this person and this realm and this domain. And that slave was purchased by the gods and brought into his realm and his domain. Does everybody see the picture? But he was still a slave. He was owned by the god. See, Jesus Christ paid the price. That's why we are called his purchased possession. Because he purchased us from this world... And now we are bond slaves to God. We are in His domain. The word slave, that word freedom in there, literally means can never be put into bondage again. Once a person is sold to a God, that person can never be sold back into bondage again. Stand fast in the freedom in which Christ has made you free. Don't sell yourself back under bondage. You are free from the works of this world. You are free from the works of religion. Don't go back into this. The scripture literally says that if you can do anything to make yourself more righteous than what Jesus has made you righteous, Jesus died in vain. Mm. There's a truth about the Statue of Liberty and there's a truth about the Gospel. We need to examine the Gospel that we're living in, church. What, have, what is in the foundation? What's down in the... the so you got to remember, the Statue of Liberty was placed on the base. The base is not part of the Statue of Liberty. What have we added to the Gospel? to change the gospel. To change the power of the gospel. The scripture says that the gospel is the power of God. Where's the power of God in our life? <laughs> Maybe we don't experience the power of God in our life because the gospel that we think is the gospel has been added to it and it's not really the gospel just like in the book of Galatians that added gospel to the gospel 
and it's not even the gospel. Mm, where's the power of God? The power of God is missing in the church because we've added to the gospel. Let's get down to the original purpose that the Creator intended for the work of Jesus Christ to set us free, to stand fast in, to declare. What a day to declare liberty. What a day to declare freedom. What a day to declare the finished work of Calvary is enough. What a, de what a day to declare that grace, His grace is sufficient for me. What a day. It's just not the birthday of... Yes, it's the birthday of our nation. But it's a day for us to declare the liberty in which Christ has set us free. Let's stand up. Church, I believe with all my heart that liberty is what's missing in the church. See, the Bible tells me that when people walk in liberty, fruit comes forth. In the book of James, let me read it to you real quickly. Let me just read this one verse to you. So speak and so do as those who will be judged. Everybody know about the day of judgment? To show you how far... Now, see, yes, as soon as I say that, you oh, I heard about the day of judgment. Yep, listen to this. So speak and do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. You've got a choice in life to be judged by the law of the old covenant or by the law of liberty. Who wants to be judged according to the law of liberty? So speak and do. If you want to be judged by the law of liberty, speak and do as according. Obey the law! Oh, obey the, yeah, you know what law you're supposed to obey? The law of liberty. It says it right here. James chapter 2 verse 12. So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. Mm. Scripture also talks about the perfect law of liberty. It's a perfect law of liberty. Do you think these are things that just are in the Bible? No. These are all part of the gospel. The gospel, Jesus came to declare liberty, to make a way for liberty, produced a law called the perfect law of liberty, and told us to be live and speak as though we're going to be judged by liberty. In the book of Galatians, we read earlier that, that God hears faith. What's coming out of your mouth is old covenant coming out of your mouth. Are you standing in your basement declaring what you're reading on the plaque that doesn't line up with the gospel? Are you declaring and thinking the way of the old covenant? Are you declaring and thinking what man has added to the gospel? Are you declaring the gospel? See, 
we overcome the enemy by the fruit of the uh, by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony let your testimony be liberty it, it doesn't say to go do witnessing the great commission says go into all the world and be a witness that is something that comes from the inside are you setting people free see I could get off on this missions over the history of America have we tried to convert people into Americanism or share the gospel we've tried to make them look like Americans we've tried to bring our culture Listen, we're supposed to be about promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ, the liberty in which Christ has made us free. We're here in this place, I believe with all my heart, I'm talking about just not this building, but Durant, Oklahoma, Bryan County. We will, this family believers, we will declare the liberty and freedom in Christ. We will declare the gospel with nothing added to it. Amen. I'm not concerned about the results. Our mandate is to declare it. God said He would do it. Amen. He's going to hear our faith. We're going to declare the gospel. We're going to declare His Son. We're going to magnify what He did. And we're going to let God be God. We're not going to manipulate. Oh, I can manipulate. I know enough about people and the way they are and the heart and, and all those kinds of things. I could manipulate. We could put you under guilt and condemnation, make you feel guilty for going on vacation. Go on vacation. Have fun with your family. But share the light while you're on vacation. Come back to the family and be part of it and give testimonies how God moved in your midst. This is an embassy. It's not a barn. It's an embassy to equip you for the working of the gospel. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us this morning to open your word and declare your gospel. To declare liberty. To show that there is an establishment. There's a way to live in that liberty. It's just not a word that sounds good. It's a life that can be lived. Father, we repent for adding anything to your gospel. I repent as a teacher. I repent for anything I've ever taught that added to your gospel that wasn't supposed to be there. I stand, in the, I stand right here, Father God, and, and, and ask your people to forgive the leadership that's been in their past. I stand in the leadership's place and ask your people to forgive the leadership that is added to the gospel so they can forgive and go on in liberty. Jesus, you came to heal the brokenhearted. 
Broken hearts have to be healed for people to live in liberty. I believe broken hearts have to be healed before people can even hear liberty. So Jesus, right now, Holy Spirit, I pray in our midst, you begin the healing process of the broken hearts. Everybody just place your hand on your heart. Repeat after me if you don't mind. Holy Spirit, I surrender my heart to you. I offer my heart as a candidate for healing. Mm. The word that I'm hearing right now is that somebody just needs to let go. There's something in the past that's that has power over you. There's something that is affecting you. Now every head bowed and every eye closed. But I'm really sensing in my heart. I felt that as soon as I placed my hand on my heart here, I felt that somebody had something in their past. I don't, know, I don't want to know what it is. It's immaterial what it is to me. But God wants you to know that He came, Jesus came to heal your broken heart. But you have to let go. See, the things that you allow to affect you is what you honor the most. And sometimes negative things affect us more than God's Word. And that means we're letting that negative thing, we're honoring it more than God's Word. God's Word is here to heal us. But we have to let go, church. We have to let go. Don't let that past keep you from your future. The power of the past is nothing compared to the power of God. If that's you this morning, there's something back there that you just had. It may have happened in your childhood. Don't know. Raise your hand. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. Okay? Anybody else? knew there was some there's somebody else now I know in our midst right here we have believers that walk in faith full of the Holy Ghost understand that they are endued with power from on high 
that are strong in faith. I'm going to ask that they join me. I'm going to ask that everybody join us. And Father, right now we just lift up those that need to let go. Father, we can't go in and, and let go for them, but we can hold them up. And we do that now. We can strengthen them. We can lift them above. We can exhort them. We can join with their faith, and that's what we do. As they let go of the past and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, as they get a hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father God, heal their heart right now. Begin the healing process in their heart right now. May their heart have nothing in it except the gospel. May they experience your love. Some of us, church, needs to go in. I just got the picture again of, of people st stacking <laughs> Statue of Liberties on your life. And we never took out the plaques <laughs> in the basement. <laughs> There's some old belief system. There's some old beliefs about God. The all-seeing eye ready to strike you down the moment you do something wrong. Jesus, you know, the old, I didn't finish the story about old buddy Uzzah. He reached out and touched the ark and was slammed... He would, because the law said don't do that. And so God's judgment was according to the law. That law has been taken away. See, God, God dealt with the problem he had with sin at Calvary. If there's sin in your life, I encourage you, touch the ark. Touch the cross. Don't try to get clean before you go to the cross. Go to the cross because you are clean. This altar up here, listen, look up everybody. You need to hear this from your pastor. You need to hear, what, you need to hear what's in my heart. I'm never going to ask you to come up to this altar and get right with God. I know that sounds different, doesn't it? It's like, no, I'm not going to ask you to come up here and get right with God because you can't get right with God in what you do. Jesus made you right with... I'm going to ask you to come to the altar because you are right with God. That is the truth of the gospel. You doing something doesn't make you right. Jesus did. And so out of that, then we do what we do. Out of freedom and liberty and a love relationship with God through Jesus Christ, He's made us right with God. Sin's been taken out of the way. You can't do enough to be right with God. You can't walk far enough. You can't kneel long enough. You can't persecute your body hard enough to be right with God. If you can, Jesus died in vain. And that's what's missing in the church is the understanding that Jesus paid the price once and for all. That there's a living, breathing, heartfelt relationship that God wants to have with you through Jesus Christ, not through your works. <clears throat> Some of us need to take the plaques off the wall and see our foot taking the message out instead of trying to bring the message in. Some of us are trying to bring Jesus into our life. No, I want you to get the Jesus out of your life.
Share Jesus. Share liberty. Share freedom. Share, I, I wanted to have, one of these days we're going to have a, a, a good camera thing up here. I wanted to have Mel Gibson, uh, yeah, Mel Gibson, right? Braveheart? William Wallace. Wallace, thank you. William Wallace, stretched out like this. And I was just going to have one blurp on there. Freedom! Where'd that come from? Where did it come from? That was going to be the, the invitation, but I couldn't get ready. Where did that, that came from inside him? He was trying to get the message out of what was in him. Man, that should be the church. That should be the church. Freedom. Liberty. When you leave this building and go out the gate, there's going to be a sign in the future that says, you are now entering the mission field. Because it's not about you out there. It's about them. Passion for God. Compassion for people. Amen? Father, we thank you for this day. We give you praise and glory for all that you're doing in our midst. All God's people said, Amen.